Bring forth the light to raise colonies in a single cleansing breath. Don't sleep, my queen. The sun rises one less time than it will set. Now overhead the stars that guided our forebears have turned to dust, and underfoot the churning framework of this earth succumbs to rust. Bring forth the light. Good morning, I'm Douglas Bowles, and this is 42 Minutes, a production of SyncBook Radio and thesyncbook.com, a weekly conversation with the interesting artists and thinkers of our day. This morning, on this 10th day of December, as we proceed closer to our shortest days and our darkest night, we are prompted to enter by the narrow gate and to abandon all hope. For episode number 114, hopefully signaling our entrance into a new year, 2014, and possibly temperance. So farewell, Persephone, at rest on the altar, who dared to merge stone with the skies. What curses of men guard the bridges you built, dear? What doorways, what stargates have you left behind? Hi, guys. This is Will Morgan, and as we begin our rites of initiation, we do so with a guide to help us to the center of the labyrinth through the endless night. Today, 42 Minutes welcomes Drew artist, musician, poet, and permaculturist. Now, I am going to ask how to pronounce your name so we can clarify for everyone out there. How do you say it? Speziali. Speziali is one Spezzi-Ali. of the palette. You got it. Spezza, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have uh, to say that again in the course of the interview, probably, so we're good to go. You can just call me Drew or Andrew. That's what I go by. Wonderful. Uh, Andrew is a talented individual responsible for uh, Circle Takes the Square, a band described as a blend of progressive experimentation and DIY hardcore metal and noise, characterized by a natural fusion of grindcore and sweeping guitar dynamics of post-punk and emo. It's a punk rock band with the reverence for the mystery Credited with being a prominent influence on emotional post-hardcore. More information about the work of Circle Takes the Square can be found at ritualofnames.blogspot.com. Most recently, the band put forth its second full-length album, Decompositions, Volume 1, or Volume Number 1, which is available digitally or on 180-gram vinyl at cttsbandcampcom The LP is a beautiful object and would make a wonderful Christmas present. Drew is also the artist behind the band's artwork. Uh, what medium is that in, by the way? Well, I guess technically it's mixed medium. There's some digital work done, but it's uh, it all starts with pen and ink. That's really the uh, the first step in in my process. So I draw everything, and then it's, there's watercolor, washes to color. So there's a couple things going on with, with the LP specifically there. The outer image, the, the gatefold, um, is pen and ink and watercolor. And then there's some digital coloring for the, the, gold, the metallic gold. Uh, and then the, some of the graphic stuff on the inside is um, you know, spot color done uh, using digital medium. But uh, but all the the designs and stuff are all hand hand drawn. So, and you're a, you're a trained artist, correct? Yeah, I went to school for illustration in in Savannah, Georgia. So I guess technically, yeah, train a trained artist. <laughs> well, then, did you meet all the important people in your life in Georgia? Was that where all this started? Um, yeah, well, definitely the 
you know, the band started in Georgia. My wife, I met there. So most of the important people who I have long-term relationships with, I met there. Yeah, that's definitely, yeah, that's, that's definitely true. Who are, and for our listeners, who are the members? I know the band has had various lineups through the years, but who are the members now and, and how long have you guys been together as far as, you know, the, the unit that's working as Circle Takes a Square right now? We are currently, it's uh, me and Kathleen Stubilek, who we, we were the you know founding members of the band, and we had an, an original drummer who also went to school, to art school in Savannah with us. And we parted ways with him, and we've had our current lineup, which consists of me, um, Kathleen, and uh, Caleb Collins, who's a drummer from Hamilton, Ontario. And we've been playing music together since uh, 2007 in, in this particular lineup. So it's been pretty long, long term so far. But we're all spread out. Like I live in Virginia, and uh, Kathleen lives in Georgia still. So. But how much time did you guys spend in Savannah, Georgia? Um, well, I moved there in 2000. We started the band that year. Oh, I, I moved there in 99. We started the band in 2000. And uh, I lived there until 2009. So I, I had a good run. Oh, <laughs> as a sink as head, any weird shit going on in Savannah? Oh, man, Savannah's like the epicenter of bizarre. It's so amazing. Like the energy there is just, it's it's a vortex, man. It's crazy. Not all positive, though. I have to say, like, of, you know, some of the highly energetic places I've been, I, I, I feel it really leans toward the darker side of things in an interesting way, but it can be, you know, it can be pretty intense, for sure. So. Well, the only sync association I can make is there's that that really, really popular book, Midnight, was it? Yes, yeah, right, sure. What is it? Midnight Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. There it is. Yeah, and then there was Ooh. the Kevin Spacey film with John Cusack, and he's a writer. That's right, yeah. I heard Forrest Gump was filmed in Savannah as well. It was. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's some scenes that are – and, like, those places are now, like, um, monuments, kind of, almost. <laughs> like, there's, you know, like, Savannah downtown historic tours, and they always point out, like, where all the films were shot and stuff like of course, that. So, of course. Yeah, yeah but I, when, when I went down to um, – Charleston, uh, there was a lot of comparisons because those are that's another old city. So I imagine old poor kinda, city, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, exactly. There's some, there's lots of similarities between the two architecturally, and um, just the vibe, you know, the Spanish moss and palm trees and that kind of thing going on. It's they're both really cool places. I think Savannah's a little, a little bigger, so there's just like more of that kind of, uh, right. you know, aesthetic. It's 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 a beautiful place. It's it's really awesome and at night. The streetlights and the the live living oak trees and the Spanish moss and everything—it's just like magical, you know. But then, so you're not from there. Where did where did you move from to go to Georgia? I actually moved from Virginia, where very nearby where I live now. So. Okay, um, so I'm, you basically went back home then, huh? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that was—it was sort of uh, my wife, Kaden had lived in Savannah her whole life. So she wanted to live somewhere, you know, Savannah's right on the coast. So it's really flat. And, um, she wanted to live in the mountains, you know? So we, we started looking around and I was like, yeah, I think I know a place we could go because <laughs> it's where we're now, we're in the Blue Ridge mountains here in uh, Northern Virginia. So, right. Beautiful country, beautiful country. And it seems, I mean, what's this about permaculture? 
Yeah, well, that's one of my my interests. Since we moved here in 2009, uh, we live on a couple acres, sort of damaged and eroded land, and uh, and I've been sort of you know trying my hands at regenerative agriculture techniques here on the land base and sort of trying to build soil and uh, replant and um, kind of create like a diverse ecosystem that's geared toward human habitation, but also encourages, you know, habitat for the, the wild and native species that, that live here. So it's been a really, really fun and enlightening process. So what's the sync web then? I mean, how did you find us? And Yeah, that's interesting. Let's explore that. Because yeah, it's, sure. it's not, it's not, it seems like on the surface, like there, it's, you know, just simple, but it, it has, we have a couple layers of overlap here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, what you guys do very much resonates with, um, with, with my, my interests. And so to find, to sort of stumble upon your guys' conversations has been really sort of fascinating to me because I feel like you sort of yoke all these mystical traditions and mythologies and um, in like you sort of weave them together in your own sort of new narrative, you know, and I, I, I'm really fascinated by that. I think that's a, it's, it's a beautiful art form and it's cool to watch that sort of unfold through the course of your, you know, your podcast series and, um, and publications. Thank but, you. uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's cool. I, k- kudos, guys. <laughs> but um, but for me, I guess how I found you guys specifically was I have a, a a friend here who lives literally on the other side of the same mountain that I live on, and his name is Anaday, and sure. he is a great guy, and he um, contributed uh, you know a chapter in Sync Book Two. And but, so did he say? Hey, I'm in Sync Book Two. You need to you need to check this out, or well, before I'm going to be on 42 even, minutes. You actually, before that, he was when he was on 42 minutes. Yeah, he sent me a link and said, you know, oh. if you if you've got 42 minutes, <laughs> check this out. And How I was, am I, was I not surprised that you're you're in cahoots with the elf? I'm in cahoots with the elf. Absolutely, <laughs> the elf and giant. His partner Red is is an amazing dude too. So, Interesting. Um, but yeah, um, so. Anyway, so he sent the email, and um, and I, you know, it was like, it was actually amazing timing because it was at the time when I was working on the uh, the visual components to Decompositions Volume One, so I was just like sweating it. It was summertime, I believe. I was up in my studio, just like <laughs> sweating it out and drawing for like, you know, ten to twelve hours a day, probably trying to get this thing locked down. And um, so I had a lot of time to listen to stuff on my hands and uh and just started digging into your archives so it was cool it was like a new you know it opened the door to me finding um your your podcast and always record to you which i listened to many many hours of i have to admit and over the course of working on you know the the final layout and stuff for our the physical component of our record so but anyway yeah so that you know yeah and just finding i guess just the link yeah it was basically how i found what you guys do although you know Synchromysticism wasn't a new concept to me because I remember like some of the Steve Wilner videos, um, right? When those first hit the scene, and that I was aware of those, but I never, I, I, I just didn't really dive into it. It didn't seem like, I, yeah, I don't know. It was 
fascinating, but it was a little much for me. It was like very like dense, you know, and I, I wasn't really. It, just, yeah, it didn't grab me. I said, speaking of dense, I can see how a lot of this stuff has affected your the depth of your lyrics. Right, but maybe that just wasn't my flavor of dense. You know what I mean? <laughs> but but I but I appreciate. But I can tell you, I appreciated it. But um. But anyway, it just never grabbed me. But finding you guys later. It was already on my radar to some degree, and I was like fascinated that that you guys have sort of picked up the ball and ran with it in in kind of a new direction. And I like I like that you got I, I, from what I glean, um, you kind of regard it as an art form, as as sort of an an art movement maybe to some degree. Is that I is certainly that do. Yeah. Right, I've heard you kind of yeah mention that before. Well, um, early on, part at times it felt like we're re- religion building. And that, freaked yeah. me. <laughs> and, and that freaked me out, I gotta say. But as for okay. an, an art movement and a religion are essentially the same thing. I mean, essentially, it's the right. same. Yeah. Well, people yeah. devote their a lot of their time and and both conscious and unconscious, you know, aspects of their life to those things, right? So, I can see them being similar for sure. I guess, yeah. The intention is just a little different. Whether or right. not you're creating art or evangelizing a little bit, I don't know. Yeah, well, with Decompositions Volume One, we were hoping to start a cult. We we want <laughs> we, that was our intention, and it turned out just being art. So I feel we failed. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! Uh, oh man, I love the album though. I really do appreciate your your work. And the the thing that I got the most out of though was when I listened to the record and read the lyrics at the same time. Cool. That, yeah. That was an experience. That awesome, was a man. Lot. Thank you for taking the time to do that. I really appreciate that. I could tell that's what it was meant. There's a lot of time mm-hmm. and effort that's put into just the design, let alone. And then there's the music and the lyrics. I mean, this is a work of art. Well, thank you. On that note, there, I find it interesting the layers of voices. So yeah. there's there's the musical voice, but then lyrically there's the poetic voice, which is you know a whole different thing. And then on the artistic level, you have an artistic voice too, and then these various layers combined, and they really create something unique and beautiful together. Yeah. Well, thank thank you. Um, I, I think, you know, it was, it's always Kathleen and I, you know, being um, students of the visual arts, um, always kind of regarded the visual aspect of of what the band does as, you know, really on the same, uh, uh, equally important, I guess, as, as the sounds we make. And um, and I've always been impressed, you know, when, when a record, you know, I mean, it's such a, a, a kind of, universal thing when when a record has cool art and you're just like you put the record on and you just dig in if there's something of substance there you can really lose yourself in in flipping through the pages of the book or reading the lyrics if if the lyrics are well well you know well crafted you know you can really um sink your teeth in and i i just like things of substance you know like layered things that you can unpeel and unpeel and seek the center but that take some time, you know, that requires some interaction. So that's what we've always wanted to do as a band, make it a full package thing, you know, where there's a visual layer, a lyrical layer, and uh, and then the music too. So well, there's another, there's another, there's 
kind of a, a the, to use the same word, there's another layer to that, and that's the instruments themselves. I mean, would you like to comment on a couple of your influences as far as yeah, what you uh, used to listen to? I mean, musically, sure, sure. Um, yeah, I mean, we're. I mean, so we're like, I guess we're considered like a hardcore band or maybe kind of a metal hardcore fusion or it's like, you know, it's, it's tough to, (laughs) there's so many weird (laughs) sub genres of all like heavy music basically is what I guess the greater umbrella that we fall under is called nowadays, heavy music. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, you could split hairs about trying to classify it all day long, but, but I grew up on, um on uh, kind of the harder edge of of punk rock, what was going on in the 90s. Like, it's pretty obscure stuff, actually, that hasn't really uh, caught on, I guess. Like, bands that put one record out sometimes and you would just mail order it and never see them live. It was like, you know, it was like a weird, (laughs) sort of like the dark ages of, 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 um, of underground music at the time because accessibility was so it was it's just so different than it is now where you can conjure anything up on youtube you know but but anyway so yeah i guess like the heart, the, the the punk that was incorporating like metal aspects but wasn't they definitely weren't like technically proficient enough to be like metal bands i guess is what so like crust punk and um and grindcore and stuff like that sort of what i was into but over time, I mean, obviously, our musical interests are are very eclectic, and that is definitely not. I mean, I don't think we, as members of the band, I don't think we really listen to that much um, heavy music now. But um, uh, just on our, you know, on our own time. But it's still a medium that we enjoy, and I guess because our roots are there, uh, it's something that we like. Kind of like, I, I like the challenge of like keeping that aesthetic. Um, as something that we honor with what we're doing, you know, because it's really where I, I guess sentimentally, like, um, sort of what raised me, you know, where where I cut my teeth musically. So it's cool to like incorporate those aspects, but then also try to branch out and go in other directions too. So we we don't really we don't define ourselves by any particular genre. Really, other people do try, attempt to do that <laughs> for our band, but we we don't. And so I think we allow ourselves to try out all kinds of styles of music, you know, but it, it usually ends up sounding how it sounds, on the record, <laughs> which is, I guess, pretty intense and maybe kind of brooding and dark and distorted guitars and screaming, you know, there's a, a, there's a light in there somewhere though. I mean, it yeah. is dark, but there's, there's just like this glimmer of light that's seen throughout the whole record. Awesome. And I, I like the play on words with composition and decomposition, but what are the plans for decomposition volume number two? Yeah, well, two is 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 in the works. When we, you know, when we were working on the the material for the first one, um, we really holed up and uh, we were really outside of not not thinking about our public, you know, interactions as a band at all. And we were just getting together for like, you know, two to three week long sessions um, whenever our drummer could come down to Georgia from Canada. And uh, we generated like a lot of material doing that. Pretty much like the raw material for the entire series. And was that before you moved back to Virginia? It was, yeah. Um, Yeah, so I mean, the the material that 
we you know we've have sort of an archive now of like of riffs and sort of things we've tested the waters with they definitely there's a great deal of refining and editing that needs to be done and um and i'm i'm definitely you know like sort of always accumulating new riffs and ideas so those will definitely be incorporated into it but the framework is certainly in place for the next volume so we're um we're probably going to start recording uh next year at some point I, w I would like it to be in the first half but you know winter's here now so a lot of my uh, permaculture uh my sort of outdoor activities have come to a close. So I've been working a lot on creative things. So hopefully, yeah, we'll start on the next endeavor um, sometime in the first half of next year. That's the plan. Well, so it's it's funny. I, I really like that we can reduce things to more Zen-like words, like heavy, heavy music, because that's, that's, that's enough, right? <laughs> but yeah, then... <laughs> I like it. It's not specific. I mean, it's yeah, I like that it's not specific, for sure, yeah. Yeah, but there's some. It's you. The idea that you're making heavy music in the mountains. It seems like to me, you can do bluegrass in the mountains, or or on some level, the heavy also makes sense. Like it's yeah. it's, it's the earth speaking. Yeah, yeah, I like that. That's that's <laughs> awesome. I think definitely chapter two of decompositions that. It's divided into the basic structures. There's rites of initiation is the first half, and there's totem polaris is the second chapter. And uh, I think the second chapter really does get into that, like um, sort of the intention of of being a voice for the earth in a way. And I think it's more it's more on that side of things. There's the first the first uh, chapter deals a bit more with a psychological process, maybe the initiation um but yeah anyway cool yeah i think uh well maybe you can speak to that a little bit so that this album has kind of a, a narrative structure i don't know if i would call it like a concept album but it definitely there's a bookishness to it i'm guessing you composed this on scrolls yeah yeah <laughs> absolutely yeah. you know i almost did that's the funny thing i um so, you know, the lyri the lyrics are handwritten there in the on the inside, and I uh, I had a huge piece. I did it on um, transparency paper, um, like a, a tracing paper, and I had like a huge rolled up piece. And I I was like, oh, it'd be so amazing if I uh, if I could write this all out on one continuous you know scroll, basically a scroll. Right. And I'd obviously have to. Uh, scan it in in separate pieces and I knew that but I wanted the original to just be like one long thing that you just had to unfold for like a mile you know to, <laughs> to read but um but I didn't end up being able to do it because I think I smeared some ink and then I was like uh, I had to redo some of the lyrics and stuff mm. so anyway but yeah but could you speak to the narrative structure a little bit of about so you it's there's it's called volume one but then the one one of the records is chapter one, the rites of initiation, and then the other record is, like you said, chapter two, which yeah. is Totem Polaris. Right. So yeah, there's going to be a couple more chapter, a few more chapters. Um, so those, uh, and then those will, you know, be the substance of the next volume, essentially. So it's yeah, it's like kind of like a book or a series of books, I guess is the basic like the architecture of it, you know. But the concept it, it is a concept 
although it's definitely I, I recognize that it's probably way more ambiguous in practice than it is in my mind <laughs> but uh <laughs> but and at the same time i kind of like that you know i like that people can maybe take this in and spend some time with it and then sort of figure try to you know project their own meaning onto it or it's sort of more like a reflective thing like a mirror but the, but yeah but i mean i think basically you know a lot of the uh, mythological references and maybe the sort of psychological um references there um, point toward the um, you know the the initiate the initiation ritual you know and so I think what we were going through when we were writing the music was was almost like that kind of process for us really digging in going deep and uh, and <laughs> sort of driving ourselves pretty crazy you know unturning a lot of rocks and things deep down. So it was pretty intense. Like uh, it definitely challenged our relationships as band members. And, um, and yeah. And so lyrically, I think, you know, the music that came out was a direct result of, of that, that kind of challenge. Um, and so lyrically, I wanted to try to find the, the narrative that reflected that, you know, to, to lay over top of the music that already sort of told that story. So. Both you and Kathleen sing. Do yeah. do you both write lyrics or? I usually write. I, I write the lyrics. She I call her the editor because when we're in the studio recording and stuff, she'll tell me if I'm repeating myself too much or she'll, you know, kind of like deconstruct a lot of it <laughs> and, and and make some recommendations there at the last at the final stage, which are usually really important. Um, yeah. So yeah, but I'll bring in all the you know the the script essentially did you guys you guys went on tour this this year too right yeah yeah um didn't you didn't you just get back from europe and whatnot yeah we did europe we did some festivals there over the summer so that was like in july and august i think a three-week run and then we did the east coast and and canada a little bit of eastern canada um we just did that pretty freshly back from from that tour and that was three weeks too but so that's another piece of that strange sync web, though. So you were on tour with B. Dolan. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Let's. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. B. Dolan, who is on the um, Strange Famous uh, Records, which is Sage Francis's label. Right. And you guys, uh, I was delighted to see the interview. You know, to listen to the interview that you guys did with Sage. So, and actually, and that was the reason I was so delighted is because I had done some illustration work for him in uh, 2005, maybe Human the Death Dance was the record. And I think four, I did four or five illustrations for the, for, for that um, album. So, but so then did you have, do you have a connection or relationship? Cause I, on an interview I saw Kathleen was saying that the tour with B Dolan just kind of happened because she started a conversation with him. She's like, I like this music. This is cool. And then became yeah she kind of well we knew sage from before so i think it was a tour with sage it was sage and b dolan so she went to the it, the show was in jacksonville that she went to um so she went to that you know knowing sage and then was introduced to b and um 
and then just sort of yeah really hit it off with him and he's he's a great guy i mean it was he was really fun to to hang out with him and his band they were we really connected it was awesome to get to play with those guys every night but uh but yeah so there was a connection already it wasn't like a completely spontaneous thing but um but it then just ended up being uh you know a, a cool idea to 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 team up so and then how were those shows did they go over pretty well Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, everybody, I don't think at the, I mean, I guess, yeah, the thing is like stylistically, obviously there, he's an indie rapper. It's a hip hop band. Um, and we're, and he right. had an actual band or were you guys? Yeah. 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 He had an, yeah. He had a three piece band. There was a guy doing the production end of things and, um, some keyboards. And then there was a, a guitar player and a drummer, uh, which sounded great. And then they had backing tracks too, you know, but, um, it was really cool, and then yeah, beat on as the MC. So sick. Yeah, it was good, and yeah, it totally went over well. I think people, um, you know, our band has has definitely come to be known as like a, a lyrically um, oriented band. Oh yeah. We, we plug in a lot of lyrics, as you guys have noticed. Um, so and and like you can hear um and it sort of understand. It's funny because most people are like, I can't tell what you're saying. But like in the to people who are sort of tuned attuned to the style, you know, we're like we're like pretty articulate, <laughs> like as far as our our screams go. I think we're regarded yeah, as like yeah. yeah. That brings up another good question. How the fuck do you do that to your voice, man? I don't know. I don't know. Man. <laughs> so that that is the important, Will, because I was <laughs> in a former life. No I was a music not. major, and there are ways of screaming that supports your vocal cords, and ways of screaming that destroys your vocal cords. You're completely. Accurate. That is true. Yes. And are you the former or the latter? No. You know. Well, time will tell. Time will tell. But um, <laughs> but so far, and I've been at this for a pretty long time now. I think. I guess not that long. But um, but well, that's the other interesting thing. I mean, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. We've like been as doing, far we've... as bands go, you guys have got some mileage under your belt. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know how that happened. I mean, you wake up one day and you've been doing it for ten years, and right. you're like, "Whoa, it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like that," you know? It just. But I mean, that's the. I don't know what we could. That's a whole other thing, man. We're gonna need more than forty-two minutes to solve the world's problems, and we have to figure out this time situation. Holy shit, what's going on? <laughs> but 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 anyway, so like the you know to be in a band for the last for the specifically the last uh 12 years or something that's like 3 months in old school time you know what i mean like that doesn't really translate correctly the, right. it feel anyway it feels like 6 months but um it's like but dog yeah. years well it is yeah, yeah, I, it's, why it's, did, it's, like yeah, 1990 yeah. to 99 felt like this huge mammoth chunk of time and yeah 2000 to now yeah what is that it's just a blink of an eye I know. Well, it has to do with technology. It has. Yeah, it has to. I I agree. That's the variable that is is different. That's the wild card, you know. And then um, that's what we deal with because the decades are so separated. That's why it's like people say nothing happened on 2012. They don't understand. Like the time is different because of technology. Yeah, I I completely agree. It's got to be that. It's and before yeah. everything was novelty before then, so the the decades are divided up. You have the '90s grunge, you have the '80s new wave, you have like the '70s kind yeah. of hippie disco, you had the, the '60s, the '70s punk. 
Well, there right. the, well, there's a few. There's always a few hallmarks, yeah. you know, for each era. There's always a few things going on that sort of characterize those eras. But now it's like everything from recorded, you know, documented history is sort of accessible, it's and all it's all sort of whirling together. Right. Yeah. And so that, yeah, it's like this boundary disillusion is happening, you know, to a major degree. It's it's pretty pretty cool to feel the effects of that <laughs> i mean it's exciting it's a little concerning maybe but i'm into it i think it's, it's pretty pretty fascinating <laughs> you ain't got to defend it with us man <laughs> yeah, I, know, I know from a from a sync perspective maybe i'll put you guys on the spot here what uh like just looking at some of the I don't know. Um, this, let's let's take the cover, the cover okay. of the album. All right. Yeah. Okay. All you had to do was say cover, and I could. Yeah. Tell I mean, because there's some stuff there, right? Maybe there's some material that right. crosses over. There's a. I, I have a big sync with what one of the things that brought me to synchromysticism was a dream that involved uh, like a tree and an elk, and then I basically saw the green guy's face like coming out of the tree. It was off of one of Wilner's videos. But uh, I've done a I've done a lot of research into the elk or the steed or like what you see in Narnia when they're chasing the steed. It's this the white stag. The stag, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's always associated with the moon. So you got mo- the yep. the whole cover is moon. So you got the yeah. the the moon the 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 craters in the moon are, are in his antlers. But there's also the I mean you know what I'm saying the text yeah yeah of, yeah. Huh. I kept it, seeing that as more of a flower of life, like that was really. It sweet. is because the the tree, the flower of life is actually behind the elk. That the that design is related to the 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 flower of life, but it's also a tree and it's also a plant. So it's very significant to me because the whole tree and because there's leaves below, the whole bottom half of the album is fallen leaves. So there's a very winter. But like, you see, what's so funny is because yeah. you're looking at the bottom half of the gatefold, and then the upper half has got this phoenix fire. So you right. have both your the solar of life, and yeah. then the outer space is past that. But then, then, then the heart. I mean, do you notice the heart of the elk, Doug? Yeah. The the wrapped uncoiling with a hole in it. Oh, yeah. You know what that? You know yeah. the archetype. The you know the wounded healer. Are you familiar with that concept? Yeah. That's an archetype. It's Jungian, I think. Maybe he probably well, maybe kind of defined that. But uh, but that's sort of an ongoing theme in in the record. And so that heart is sort of the heart of the wounded healer. Just to wait. just to get throw you a bone a little bit. But no, I like what you're saying, man. <laughs> Definitely, I like well, that, that you that... related the pock marks on the antlers to the craters of the moon. That's awesome. I, I really uh, that's that's interesting. Yeah, because the moon is well, right behind we... it. So. You have the antler coming up from the bottom too. That's not related to the elk head. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. And then then the snake that is on it. There's a that's tree. See those antlers are more structured like real antlers. When the other ones above that are on yeah. the living elk or the one that still has the heart, those are kind of flowering out. But like I like what you said because the, I was going to say the snake on the antlers and those antlers being the tree. I mean that right there is very medical looking. To me. Yeah, Caduceus, right, kind of like the Caduceus or something. And, you know, or, I think the snake is almost big. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, no, I was just going to say Hippocrates, or uh, Hippocratic, Hippocrates. Hippocrates, 
yeah. Hippocrates, bam, yeah, because yeah, this yeah. snake is the one, or the the Moses snake, Jesus. or the yeah, the Jesus snake. Yeah, but it's very healing. This is good Esk, medicine. Escaplesk. <laughs> Whoa, I like that. There's, there's yeah, Moses, and so there's the Caduceus, and then Esk. Es- oh, Jesus. I don't know that one, and, and apparently it's impossible to pronounce. It is. You. It is. Okay. You have to have the right tongue for it. Cool. You have to have a, a forked tongue, maybe? <laughs> yeah, I believe so. Wow, cool. wow, wow. Okay, so yeah. And then inside, these have... These are nice. Oh, mandalas. Yeah. Mandalas. That you know, you know about the mandala, the as a healing modality, right? Yeah. But then yeah. You, you encapsulate both, both qualities, and then how does the colored vinyl look? Um, pretty cool. But I, <laughs> you know, I I like the classic black, but the colored vinyl's cool. We did a a, a solar lunar version, so like rites of initiation is like the lunar. And then Totem Polaris is the solar. So we got like these kind of cool, opaque colors swirling inside of uh, translucent colors. So they look, it's, it, those were really neat the way they turned out. And then we did a couple others too, like a gold. This one had more of an alchemical resonance. We did like a, a, a gold and peacock green together, which was pretty cool. But um, yeah. And yeah, do you have, what do you, where do you, liking more solar or lunar right now um i'm trying to embrace solar but i usually over the course of my life i think i've been more just intuitively like lunar and then do you like the lunar lunar half of this album then oh the record itself oh um oh so i was just talking about in my personal life but it seems like it's all (laughs) in I think I'm I'm more into uh, well we've been playing the um lunar material the rites of initiation for a little bit longer live and so I I'm actually you know it's funny cuz I haven't this record it's cool to revisit but it's already for me it's something that I haven't really it's not like on the tip of my tongue anymore you know what I mean it's like something that's sort of it's got legs so it's walking in a way but like playing them live is still a relatively new experience and um and so, and to me, like picking up a guitar on a, on a daily basis is a challenge. It's like it's challenging. <laughs> so, like trying to play them with a, any level of efficiency and um, and, and and pizzazz, you know, <laughs> is like is kind of a um, ongoing challenge. But on the last tour, we played a lot of the uh, songs we hadn't played live yet from the second half, and it was really fun. And they have like a different vibe live, a kind of a different feeling. Uh, than I expected, um, which was cool. It kind of introduced a new flavor in the course of our set. So I really enjoyed that. So yeah, I think I'm digging. You know, I haven't really listened to the record, like definitely not in its entirety in a while. And uh, I like to, uh, I'm going to give it some space and then and then check it out maybe uh, in, a, in a little while. But it's, well, it's I, what I want to do is I want to just sit down and read the narrative and take yeah. that layer, like decontextualize it just because I'm I have more of a literary bent anyway and so for me I want to experience that layer by itself. Cool, I would like you to actually. I tell you know a, a lot of people uh um that I that I know are sort of more in the like um maybe the permaculture like um 
kind of the natural food world or like any, you know, whatever, like kind of like healing modalities and stuff like that. I know people in those circles. Right. And, um, and I want, you know, it's like, they ask me what I'm doing or why I'm gone for periods of time. I'm like, I'm in this crazy band. I'm in this crazy loud band, you know, we like scream and it's intense and you would totally hate it. But, you know, that's, <laughs> but, but they like are interested. So I'm like, just like read the lyrics. Cause I think you would, you know, I think there's something there maybe that you'd be interested in or, or at least, you know, I don't know. It it feels like more accessible in a way. And again, it's like for us, it's, it's, still it's a, an important part of it and I, I feel like any aspect of of the band could stand alone hopefully that's at least we try to make it so that it could stand alone lyrically or, or visually or musically you know so so yeah check that out see what you that would be cool read it maybe one time do you have <laughs> any uh, upcoming tours that you can plug real fast no nothing nothing on on the schedule yet but we are working on it so yeah next early next like the first quarter next year we'll probably announce something so well we need to get you probably to south by southwest and then tree fort it sounds like cool man yeah we definitely played south by before but it's been a while and we need to go west because it's been forever we haven't been to the west coast in a very long time so uh so we definitely want to do that and you know texas is on the way is tree fort in idaho is that is yeah cool yeah um, are we almost at the uh, point where you you say the thing, Will? <laughs> I think Doug Wait, do you need do you need a job? We'd love to have you. <laughs> Who me? Yeah. Yeah. What are you talking about? What am I getting hired <laughs> to do? Well, you're just you're so good at this. You're just helping us along. And oh, with the thing, with yeah. the timing yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Just, I'll just. Yeah, I'll be the, the guy. No, Will does it beautifully. But hey, we got to talk about Built to Spill. Is that possible? Sure. What, what do you want to talk about? Sure, sure. We, hey, what? Okay, because I've heard you reference uh, Built to Spill, right? Sure. You, okay. Did you did, have you seen them play a lot? I've seen them so many times. They're they're a, a Boise band. Doug is is a sweet guy. It, Boise is a small small place, and so okay. Yeah. So they're from where you live. They're from, and it's funny because, so Built to Spill is basically Doug Marsh. Um, yeah. And he grew up in Twin Falls, which is where I grew up, and we skated the same half pipe and all that. And then he moved to, I mean, if you listen to it, there's the song, uh, what is it, Harrison Elementary, Twin Falls, Idaho, right? You know, so we have this shared background, you know, because Boise is like the big city here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he's he singing came, your song. Yeah, he is. Yeah. It's similar what about perfect for net from now on that That's, album <laughs> you, what because for me oh my god dude that record for me is like that's like the thing that is the record blows my mind it, you know a, that one yes very much so and so for me it's funny because like boiseans claim that as this is ours but then even the pacific <laughs> northwest like uh-huh you hear stories of people moving to new york and then when they get homesick they listen to built to spill Oh yeah, I can see that being being a really sentimental kind of experience. Yeah, but then cool. because I mean, so it's like anything. Uh, I've seen them so many millions of times, like you have no idea. Yeah. But then you hear stories about when they really go on tour. It's the Beatles experience out east. Sure. Yeah. Because it's novel. The girls right. are screaming and and yeah. That's cool. I've yet to see them play. In fact, I was pretty late on the um, on the built to spill thing 
but I've been digging into their their albums recently, so it was fresh on my mind. And that the record "Perfect" from now on is like it's, I just think every note is perfect. It's such a beautifully produced record. The sounds are amazing. The songs they do it for me. So cool. I just wanted your perspective. Thank you. Thanks You're for welcome. sharing. That was 42 minutes. Thanks for sharing it with us. You've been listening to (laughs) Drew Speciali on SyncBook Radio, a production of thesyncbook.com. More information about Circle Takes the Square and the Immortal Mountain can be found at ritualofnames.blogspot.com and immortalmountain.blogspot.com. For more information about the SyncBook, our guests, to check out past shows or to subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, please be sure and visit our website at 42minutes.com. If you'd like to support the show, we urge you to become a donor. You'll find the donation links under each episode on the website. God bless the headbangers and keep screaming.
Thank you so much, Drew. This was great. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, no, I really appreciate it. Thanks for uh, thanks for considering, you know, what I do as being art. That's awesome. Oh, it, it, are you joking? <laughs> <laughs> there is the you, the the heavy the heavy network is so impressive as far as the fans and the commitment yeah. and you know just the the level of authenticity and and meaning. Awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. It's it's a it's a source of inspiration. I I I I dig it too. So, but um, but yeah. Well, thanks, guys. Man, hopefully, you know, we should. I I don't know. It's always like I'm always like talking to the speakers when I'm listening to your guys' show, and so it was cool to really actually get to have a bit of a conversation. So, it well, was funny because we can do it again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was gonna say like I. It's I'm way less comfortable talking about my own thing, you know, like so it'd be fun <laughs> just to shoot the shit sometimes too, but um <laughs> for sure. But but yeah, but thanks for yeah, I appreciate it, man. You guys uh So we've been adding I you probably noticed things evolve. We've been adding music at the end. We, yeah. I have noticed. It's great. I dig it. And of course, so this is all contemporary you know, we don't have rights to anything. We're not getting permission for any. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. We're, You're just stealing. We're You're just stealing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, well, when you say it like that, uh, I'm just I'm just distilling it down to its essence, my friend. <laughs> but yeah, no. As that's soon as right, we start getting paid either. for it, I'm sure you know everything's gonna change, right? Would you Would you yeah. allow us to use one of your songs to uh, to play us out? Yeah, just write me a check, dude, and um, and you can, yeah, it's cool. No, yeah, of course, you can absolutely. I was just joking about that. We give that shit away; it's free. So yeah, do do it, do what you need. All right.